Thank you very much, John. Um, and thank you very much, everybody. Let me just get myself organized. And <laughs> yeah, it was great to hear Rochelle's testimony and great to um, see Leo being, baptized, uh, being dedicated as well. Well, hopefully in due season, he will get baptized. And a powerful prophetic word that Richard gave as well about fire, about him breathing in fire, the fire of God, and breathing it out. And uh, one of the things I'd recommend to the parents is definitely to write that down because that's powerful and to pray into that as well. I can still, I was sharing with Ida briefly, I can still remember the prophetic words that were given to our kids when they were being dedicated. We've got them written down. And uh, one, our eldest is over 40 and I still you know, pray into the word that the Lord gave at that time. So they're very significant indeed. However, what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about new creation. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, new creation. So when people are baptized, one of the reasons something that's happened to them is this, there's a new creation has begun. And the Apostle Paul tells us about that, and we can read about that in 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to be reading a few verses from verse 17 to 21, where the Apostle writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God now often when I've spoken to people who've gone abroad to work, particularly maybe in the Middle East or in countries near the equator. And I talk to them, and they've been over for some time, and I say, is there anything that you miss about our country here? And one of the things I often hear is this, that they miss the seasons, the change, because we in our country here, we have four distinct seasons. I don't know about you, if you have a favorite season, or for you, all seasons are the same, but I must admit, I like spring, and I like summer. I'm not so keen on winter. I don't like particularly November and January when you, you open the curtains in the morning and it's dark and then the skies are lead and gray the whole day. You go to work in the dark, you come home in the dark. I'm not so keen on that. I like this time of year, this morning, opening the curtains, blue sky, result, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I know they're all gifts from God, but uh, I do like to see the blue sky in the morning and uh, you can do lots more, of course, when it's nice weather. Uh, go for a walk by the river, have a picnic, plan a day at the beach, all sorts of things like that. And this time of year, of course, we see, particularly with our April that we've just had with all the rain, you know, the lush green that's appearing in the trees and the grass and the fields. It's, it's wonderful to see this new life coming, the blossom on the trees, trees laden with blossom. It reminds me, I think heaven's going to be a bit like that. And then, you know, the flowers are appearing. There's new life appearing, and I love that. I love that fact. Today, as we see Rochelle being baptized, we're seeing the appearance of new life. Whenever people get baptized, it's a sign that new life has come. I remember when I became a Christian, I could not wait to get baptized. There was something inside me 
wanting me to do what Jesus said, even if I didn't understand the full significance of what I was doing. There was a new life within me that wanted to be expressed. And so the apostle says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here, and baptism is a sign of that. Now, we see in our world lots of trouble, war in Ukraine, North Korea developing more nuclear weapons, young people in Britain tragically, tragically being stabbed to death at an alarming rate. We see almost a million refugees, Rohingya refugees, fled from the violence in Myanmar. And we think, well, you're talking about new creation, but the world is in a mess. And you're right, it is an MS. But the point is this, it was never meant to be like this. The world is in a mess and the, the danger and the problem is no human solutions are going to sort it out. Why not? Because the problem lies within the human heart. And that is what needs to change. And when Jesus came, he began something new that is still going on. He began the new creation. And I'm so glad he did because if all we've got is this world and this life, it would be a pretty sad indeed, wouldn't it? And when Jesus died on the cross, you see, you can look at the world and say, well, new creation? I'm not so sure about that. When I look at the world, all I see is mess. Well, when the disciples were with Jesus, they had high hopes for what was going to happen. The king had come, the ruler who was going to sort things out then the next thing that happens is they have to see him being arrested. They have to see him being beaten and spat upon. They have to see him being rejected and dying on a cross. And at that point, they lost hope. They thought, well, to all intents and purposes, it was all a failure. And we can look at the world like that today and say, well, new creation, it's a failure. But we know that wasn't the end of the story. The death, the crucifixion of Jesus was not the end of the story. He was raised to life. So there is hope. There is hope. And I want to be part of that new creation that God has instituted. Because despite appearances, what God wants is going to be fulfilled and no one will stop him. No one can stop what God wants to do because his power is immeasurable. And one day, dear friends, the wolf will lie with the lamb. Trees of the field will clap their hands. The mountains and hills will break forth into singing. The nations will be healed and death will be no more. And that actually is where things are heading because God is the one who instituted the world and God is the one who sent his son to redeem the world and begin the new creation. And the new creation began as Jesus was raised to life. And baptism is a a picture of that. Through baptism, it's an enactment of the old going, as people go down into the water, and the new coming, as they come up out of the water. And uh, in the message version of the Bible, it's, it's written like this. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. Baptism is many things. But one of the things it does is it points to the new creation. When we become Christians, it's not simply choosing to live a new moral code. 
It's not simply, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. It's more than that. Something happens deep down in the center of who we are. The Spirit of God comes into our life and begins the new creation in us. Now, when Jesus was walking around on the earth, one of the things he did was he talked to probably the most senior rabbi of the time, whose name was Nicodemus. And Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and asked him some questions. And Jesus said to him this, you must be born again. Now, Nicodemus did not get it. He didn't understand what Jesus was saying. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. In other words, Nicodemus had this idea when Jesus said, you must be born again, of going into his mother's womb. How can that be? And he was thinking of something physical. But what Jesus was talking about when he said, you must be born again, he was talking about something spiritual. He was talking about an encounter which can happen overnight or it can happen in a slow way. He's talking with an encounter with the living God, with the Spirit of God. Now, the problem with us as human beings is this, is we do not naturally connect with God our Father. We don't. We resist Him. We ignore Him. We go our own sweet way. In fact, what we do naturally as human beings is we erect walls between us and God our Father. But the good news is this, God can walk through walls. We see that in Jesus' post-resurrection. He does that literally. The disciples are in a room, locked in a room. The doors are locked. There's walls. And what happens? Jesus just walks through the wall because his resurrection body is more substantial than the wall. So walls are not a problem to God. He can walk right through them. Here's a question for you. Do you have any barriers? Do you have any walls that you have put up to try and defend yourself? against the Spirit of God? Why does God want to break that wall down? Why does he walk through that wall that you have? I'll tell you why. Because he loves you. That's why. Have you ever been loved by anybody? Have you ever experienced love from another human being? That's mighty precious, isn't it? God's love is stronger than that. God's love is more powerful. God's love is more patient. God's love is more kind. God's love is more gentle. God's love is more powerful. In fact, he's known as God is love. So if you've got any walls, can I encourage you today, let the walls down. Because God loves you. And he sent his beloved son in order to die for your sins to be forgiven. God wants to bring us into harmony with himself through Christ. The apostle writes, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. God wants us to be reconciled with him. I love that word, reconciled. Let's unpack that a little bit. Imagine this. Russia reconciled with Ukraine. Imagine you got your mobile phone out at the end of the meeting, hopefully at the end, not while I'm speaking, uh, you got your mobile phone out and the news said, Russia is now completely reconciled with Ukraine. No rockets being fired. No suspicion. No angry words spoken. No families grieving over loved ones killed in battle. Imagine Presidents Putin and Zelensky shaking hands with forgiveness flowing 
and sitting down for a meal together. It'd be amazing. Sworn enemies becoming friends, unthinkable almost. But that is a picture of reconciliation, of enemies being reconciled and putting away hostility. God has done something even greater through the death of his son Jesus Christ on the cross. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Dear friends, God wants you to be reconciled with him. That's why Jesus came. Jesus said this, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but I came into the world to save the world. My, that's good news, isn't it? So when we see God, he does not want to condemn you. He doesn't have words of condemnation. He has words of reconciliation. He reaches out his hands, his nail-pierced hands to you and me and says, be reconciled to me because I love you and I want to spend eternity with you. We were enemies of God in our thinking and our actions, but now we can become his friends as we accept his invitation to be reconciled with him. Jesus has begun the new creation. Let me show you a couple of pictures here from history. This one is, um, they're both Second World War ones, and this is when the Russians conquered Berlin, and they put up their own flag, and that's on the Reichstag building in Berlin, the government building, the main building. They planted their flag there. And the next one, please. The next one is from the Battle of the Pacific, and this time it's the American soldiers who are planting the Stars and Stripes flag on the island of Iwo Jima, which was a strategic island that they had to conquer in order to defeat the enemy. Now, why did they plant their flags? Why did the Soviets plant their flags there? And why did the Americans plant their flags there? It was a sign that they had gained victory. Well, what I want to say to you is this. Jesus has planted his flag on planet Earth through his death and resurrection. And his flag is planted and died in his blood. And it's a sign that Jesus has conquered. He has conquered death. He has conquered the devil and all his hordes. And he has planted his flag on planet earth. And he has begun the new creation. Despite what appearances may look like. Despite what you read on the news. The new creation has begun. And those who are being baptized. It's a sign of that. It's a sign that the new creation has begun. My question to you this morning is this. Do you want to be part of that? Do you want to be part of that? Uh, reconciliation. Do you want to be part of that new creation? Because actually you don't have to be anybody special. You don't have to have achieved anything. You don't have to have degrees or non-degrees or whatever it might be. All you need is a willingness to say, Lord, please accept me as I am. I'm sorry for the messes I've made and boy, there have been big ones. Please forgive me. I want to be reconciled to you. That's it. That's it. And God will hear and God will act and God will do because he's the one who's on the lookout. He's not sitting passively in heaven watching the world go by. No, no, no. He's in heaven. He's watching. He's looking. He's searching. Jesus was very clear about that. The good shepherd. He goes out and searches for that lost sheep. And God is looking for people today. And he wants you to be reconciled to him. And he wants you to experience the new creation beginning in your life. Now, I know many of you, you've already made that commitment. 
You're already reconciled to God. Praise Him. The new creation has begun in you. Praise Him. It's never going to end. Praise Him. But God wants more to join today. Jesus has planted His flag on planet Earth. Now, I expect we'll continue to see bad things on the news that grieve us. And we'll probably also, sadly, experience personal, personal moments of loss. But it will not be without hope because Jesus has planted his flag and the new creation has begun. And when people get into the waters of baptism, it reminds us that the new creation has begun. It's a spiritual washing away of sins. It's a fresh start. It's a death and burial to an old godless way of life and welcome to a new life that will last forever. The new creation has begun and God's invitation for you and me is to be part of it. Amen. Let's just stand together because I want to pray. I want to give an opportunity. I know there are people here who've got walls. I just know it in my heart. But Jesus says, <laughs> I can walk through that wall. I can walk through that wall. If you feel the Lord is speaking to you about that, I want you to raise your hand. Let's not be ashamed. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else except raise your hand. And then I'm going to pray. So could you do that? Could you be brave enough now? If you feel the Lord has been speaking to you, just raise your hand right now. Don't be afraid. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you desire to be completely reconciled to us. Thank you that you've begun a new creation. And for our dear friends who've raised their hands, I pray for them. Lord Jesus, I pray they'll experience what it is to be new creation. That this will be the beginning of something new for them, Lord. And that you will open up new horizons for them, Lord Jesus. And that you will bless them even today. And I pray for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now we have a prayer area down at the back. If you raise your hand, please can you go there. At the end of the meeting, there'll be someone who will chat with you and you can talk to them about what, what you feel is going on and they'll be happy to pray with you. Bless you. Let's rejoice as well in seeing Rochelle getting baptized. Yay! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs>